Welcome to Fairfield, What Are You Reading? A next great read podcast from Fairfield Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut. I'm Philip Barr, your host and head of adult services. Each month we gather a group of library staff together for a conversation about books, authors, and of course, reading. What we're reading, what we've just finished, what we're excited about coming soon. Most of the books will be new, some may be older, The group will focus on books we love, and hopefully you will too. Imagine you come to the library, ask a librarian for a next great read, a couple more staff stop by, and soon everyone is trading their favorite new reads. Listen in now as we begin. Hello, I'd like to welcome everyone to episode 23 of What Are You Reading? A next book podcast from Fairfield Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut. Today is January 26th. 2023. My guests and colleagues, Jennifer Laceman, Mary Coe, and I will be discussing our favorite new books and what's on the horizon in publishing for late spring. So why don't we jump right in? Mary, do you have something for us? Hi. Yes, I do. Um, Thanks for having me. Um, The book that I'm starting with is one that I just did with my book club at the library. And I did have uh, a member claim it to be like the perfect book club novel. So I, I think that that's good praise for it, and I absolutely loved it. The title is Hester, and it's by Laurie Lico Albanese. And it's a really rich historical novel um, with some real people in it. Uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne is sort of the, the co-star, I'll say. So most of Nathaniel Hawthorne's novels have a known origin and a known inspiration for the story. Uh, But there's some people who think that The Scarlet Letter, uh, the inspiration for that is a bit of a mystery. So Lori Lico Albanese, she imagines the woman who might have been his inspiration for Hester Prynne. You don't really need to have read The Scarlet Letter at all or recently, uh, so don't let that stop you from reading this. Our main character uh, is Isabel Gamble. Uh, She's a seamstress who comes to America from Scotland with her turns out to be ne'er do well husband um, in the early 1800s. They land in Salem, you know, very atmospheric, which she writes about so beautifully, uh, the, the sounds and the sense and the feel of the times. I mean, you really feel like you're right there. Um, but her husband soon goes back out to sea, and she is left alone to fend for herself in this brand new land. She's an extremely talented seamstress, and an interesting storyline that factors into that, she also has synesthesia, you know, where you Hmm. experience two senses at the same time, or two or more. Hmm. So when she sees letters, she sees them in color, and that's sort of the the beginning of the scarlet A uh, for her. She sees Nathaniel Hawthorne um, on the day that the ship lands, and she describes him as this very dark, kind of handsome, intriguing figure. They do meet, um, and there is a romance there. Witchcraft is a storyline in it, too. Uh, Isabel is descended from witches. Women tried as witches in Scotland, and Nathaniel, real-life ancestors were uh, men that judged and sent a lot of women to the gallows to be hung um, as a witch. So they're sort of each other's um, like muse and storyteller. She tells stories with her, her embroidery 
and um, we all know, you know, Nathaniel uh, Hawthorne's a writer, and uh, she has a very interesting um, black family as neighbors who kind of help her, and they're involved in the Underground Railroad, which also existed in Salem at that time. So mm. it's there's just a lot to discuss. It's beautifully written. I highly recommend it. Sounds great. Uh, the other book, um, one of the other ones I wanted to talk about, I'm, I'm sure has been read or a lot of people are reading it, and it's Matthew Perry's Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. Mm. Um, I, I knew, of course, I watched Friends. I knew that Matthew struggled with addiction, but I just had no idea the extent of, of what he went through. Uh, over 15 trips to rehab, spent more than $7 million in getting to get sober, wow. multiple surgeries, um, many failed romantic relationships, mm. uh, which is the least of it. Um, he's, it's a, just a complete and honest look at the reasons that Matthew believes uh, he's an addict and how it's affected anybody he's come in contact with. So in spite of that, there are moments where he's, you know, his comic ability comes through, and I did laugh. Um, he always expresses appreciation for how good he's had it in terms of his fame and fortune, and especially when it comes to friends. Uh, he loved being in that show. He loved those cast members, and they they saved him in and confronting him about his addiction, but also he tried so hard to not mess it up. Like I, he's like, I can't mess up the show for mm -hmm. them. Um, and they were very good to him. So there are some kind of, you know, showbiz behind the scenes nuggets for fans when he talks about being on friends and his movies. But I think of anyone who is struggling with an addiction, um, might find some comfort and some, maybe some some guidance here he's just so candid but he's also so self-aware about it uh and you know people may pick this up because of his celebrity but i thought that it was a pretty good depiction of the devastating impact of addiction on mm. a life and hmm. their friends and family nice that's great jen let's uh switch gears and what's happening in young adult and new adult okay i have uh all books, YA books, that are ones that adults would definitely enjoy. Um, my first, I'm going to start, I'm going to cheat a little bit and offer a duology as my first suggestion. Uh, it's uh, Marissa Meyer is the author, and the duology is Gilded and Cursed. I mentioned, I, uh, first, this duology, it loosely is based on the Rumpelstiltskin fairy tale, and the author also throws in European folklore fantasy figures like the Urkling, um, who's a sinister elf in folklore who haunts the children, the woods for children who stray. Um, and I talked about Gilded, the first book back in spring, I think, of 2022 on the podcast. And now I'm back because uh, after reading the second book, uh, I've determined that this the second book might actually be better than the first, which I rarely say, but this was really good. Wow. Um, so in Gilded, we're introduced to Cyrilda. She's a poor miller's daughter. She's blessed by the god of stories. Uh, and she's the one who gets herself into trouble by claiming to the Earl King that she can spin straw into gold, like our Rumpelstiltskin. Um, and Gild is the mischievous, attractive poltergeist who offers to help her out with this because he actually can spin, spin straw into gold. Um, but she has to offer something in exchange 
And that starts with jewelry. And eventually, of course, it comes to the promise of our firstborn child. And that's like just the tip of the iceberg that's just the start of this story that she weaves it's really incredible like marissa meyer is one of the best world builders i feel like in ya books and probably adult too she's right up there um she has this ability to drop these teeny little threads that of detail throughout her stories that you don't really think are anything you know you're just thinking oh she's just throwing in more and then you when she's wrapping it up, you see she's actually woven this gigantic tapestry of a world and a story for you. So I highly recommend this duology. She's at her top form. Uh, her Lunar Chronicles, which was one, of, which was where she debuted, uh, was also one of my favorite series. She's really a talented artist in her writing. Uh, the second offering I have, also a duology, um, is All of Us Villains and All Our Demise is the second book. The second one came out in August, end of August in 22. Um, it's co-written by uh, Amanda Foody and C.L. Herman. It's another fantasy duology, but it's way different from the last. So the setting is, for generations, there's been this secret magical tournament held under the blood moon. There are seven families who always participate in it, and each one names a champion. And the champions compete to the death. So the prize that the winning family gets is this secret storehouse of this high magic. And it's accessible only to that victor's family, and it's the most powerful thing imaginable. Um, but this time around, there is this scandalous tell-all book that comes out and exposes this secret tournament that people didn't know other than in this small town knew existed and exposes it to the world. And it also exposes all the family's strategies and secrets, too, that could compete in this championship. Essentially, it sounds like the Hunger Games with magic, I feel like. Um, but the big difference is that this story is told from multiple points of view. And those these characters, I feel like, honestly, are better developed because you have that multiple point of view. Um, and they are really villains. So when you're, especially in that first book, when you are reading them, they're villains, but somehow you will still become invested in them. Uh, and these authors, I, I don't know how to describe this. They really manage to create the feeling that you're, you are contemporaneously figuring out that character as the character themselves is figuring themselves out. So I don't know if that makes sense, but if you like Deadly Education, which I know is one we've talked about in the podcast too, this is one you'd like too. Um, so are they, um, are the, uh, did you listen or read to the books? This um, is the second, the, the most recent set that you. I listened to both of these actually, and they both are excellent. Both of them, I think, clock in, you know at least 15 hours okay but um when i finished for instance marissa meyer's cursed i was wrapping gifts at that time <laughs> and i like i was like what do i do now i i like i i had a little bit of tears i'm not gonna lie at the end <laughs> and i i felt a little lost like i didn't want to jump into another book i just wanted to marinate in that feeling i had after i mm. finished it nice um and i wanted to know more about these characters even though it does have a satisfying ending like i still wanted more of this world that she had created i was still invested and in there were either of them one narrator or multiple narrators do you remember there was uh multiple narrators for all of our demise okay. because you have that multiple point of view that's story. what i was wondering yeah yeah because um, that can be really effective yeah it was when you're listening because very, one person's voice they have to change their voice depending upon the character but i've only read a couple books that have had multiple narrators but it's so much fun because you get 
you know, you get female characters, male characters, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's so great when you have a book like that, Jen, when you're talking about like not wanting to leave the world that they've created for you, the authors created for you. And also that mention of you're, you're experiencing the character develop as they are mm -hmm. to be able to accomplish that in a book. That's also a really neat thing when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, like, not just the world, but for both of these books, I felt like I didn't want to leave the characters yeah. either. Like, I I wanted to still hang out with them. Mm -hmm. That's the best. <laughs> so I have a couple uh, that I'll go over. The first one's a really quick one. Um, I'm just going to sort of chime in because we've talked about this on the podcast and at the desk a lot in the last few months. Um, but I finally got around to listening to the Thursday Murder Mystery Club ah. by Richard Osman and absolutely loved it just like everybody else has loved it. I found the best thing I found about this and this has been a couple there's been a couple books recently that this has happened to I'm a big mystery fan. So there you know, there's we talk about sort of literary mysteries and then cozy mysteries. And I think this sort of was a great sort of com combination like it there were points where it felt like a cozy but it was written so well that I don't think you could really call it it wasn't like a throwaway cozy it was something that really stays with you and you want to read the sequels because there's two sequels out as well um, and the best thing for me about this was that the we were just talking about um, doing reading listening to audiobooks and let the uh, British actress Leslie Manville does the narration for this and mm. she's phenomenal it's just I could she's one of those people that I could just listen to or read um, anything she's just really great uh, later in 2022 I picked up Lavender House it was a book that's been uh, gotten a lot, quite a bit of press um, I think it was even on the cover of um, Book, book page book page yes. right yeah it got the cover of book page either november or december so this is um it's i guess they're going to keep doing these because it's uh, when i looked down goodreads for it it said lavender house andy mills number one so i uh, suppose a sequel is on its way so the author is lev ac rosen uh, it takes place in the 1950s in san francisco um the lead character and several of the other characters in the in the story are queer and I think that it's um, I've read a couple of books that have taken place in the 1950s and I think it's actually the perfect place to sort of drop a queer character into in regards to historical fiction because um, I feel like things were bubbling up after World War II but there was also all this oppression from the McCarthy era and everything so it makes for some really good drama and also it sort of reminds people of how did people like this um, get through these eras because not everybody gets to be 22 years old in 2023. So, um, so that was really fun. Um, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the main character is named Andy Mills. As I mentioned earlier, he is a, um, private investigator. However, he was thrown off the police force as many good mystery murder mystery protagonists have been over the course of uh, the last hundred years or so. Um, he gets hired by a woman to investigate the murder of her long-term female partner. The, the real twist to this is that um, she and her partner lived in, live in a very big house and they sort of take in people that have been thrown out by their families for being LGBTQ. So the whole house is full of all these sort of misfit people that for whatever reason can't really fit in and can't pass in straight society so they end up um and so they end up there and so what happens is andy ends up having to investigate this murder and he 
comes very soon to the conclusion that someone in the house has done the murder. So then he has to figure out who that is. So it's lots of fun. Um, it's really a contemporary take on a locked room mystery, which I thought was a lot of fun as well. My second book is um, a sequel as well. Um, so some of you, quite, probably quite a few of you, since it won the Pulitzer, probably read Andrew Sean Greer's Less uh, that came out a couple years ago. So his new book, Less is Lost, came out also in 2022, and I have finally uh, gotten around to it. Um, and it's once again, uh, Arthur Less goes on a wacky sort of travel adventure. This time he does it domestically. The last time it was internationally. Um, it's a lot of kooky sort of characters. Um, it's also sort of a combination of a cozy comedy novel. And then there's a lot of poignancy and good writing as well. The ending in particular just kind of got brought some tears to my eyes. It was really really sweet. So if you loved less, um, this is more of less, which is less is lost. Um, um, uh, Arthur less number two. Um, and then that's, uh, that's, that's it for me for now. So Mary, do you have some more? Sure, I do. Yeah. So um, I have another, a different type of celebrity, but another celebrity book. Uh, again, um, I'm sure a lot of people have read or planning to and it, I listened to this one as well as um, I listened to the Matthew Perry um, this is the light we carry overcoming in uncertain times by Michelle Obama. Um, you know, she is so smart. Uh, and this book is just packed with sage words of advice from her. Um, I found it comforting and interesting. She has seen so much in her life, obviously, um, experienced life as a daughter, sister, wife, mother, African-American woman, and yes, of course, first lady too. Um, I loved becoming, um, so I was really looking forward to this. And she, she just really talks about her, her fears, uh, what she sees as her shortcomings, and all that she's learned from life. And she says in the beginning, she is offering us glimpses of her of her coping tools in her personal toolbox, mm -hmm. you know, so it's like a, a, a privilege. Um, and especially because I listened to it, you just, you felt like you were having that conversation with a friend that you can go to, to give you like the facts, um, not in a distanced way or a cold way, but just more of like a, just a, like a more pragmatic approach. But she's very clear about, I've been in those moments too, where like Barack has had to talk me down, you know? Can you imagine like having that conversation <laughs> with Barack Obama? So it's a, like a wonderful combination of all the emotions, but insightfulness, um, you know, that, and she breaks them down in such a way where you say, yes, I, I see that in myself and kind of have a good idea of why it might be happening. And I love this, when equilibrium isn't possible, we are challenged to evolve. Mm. You know, like when you lose your footing, yeah. don't worry, you're going to have some, you know, to use it as an opportunity for growth. So I can totally see myself, I plan on buying it and dipping back in, um, you know, certain chapters and just hearing about her life and the people that she's met. So it's great. Nice. Um, the next book I want to talk about is, I came out last year and I loved it. Uh, we're actually thanks to the friends of the Fairfield Public Library, there's going to be an author event on February 22nd at the main library with this author. And it's uh, The Hundred Waters by Lauren Akampora. 
Um, she also wrote The Wonder Garden and The Paper Wasp, which I know were uh, popular with a lot of people. I didn't actually uh, get to read those, but I read the review of this, and I, I like novels that take place in Connecticut, mm. and especially in towns that could be Fairfield, could be Westport, could be New Canaan, you know. And that's exactly what this is. Um, the name of the town is Nearwater. So I'm thinking, okay, Gold Coast, you know, we're near the water. Um, and our, the main character, she is a woman who used to be really in the art scene in Manhattan. She was a photographer. So she had a lot of like art gallery friends. That was her life. Uh, she was very successful, but she marries an older man, um, an architect. His name is Richard. And they have a 12-year-old daughter, Sylvie. And uh, they're in this town in Connecticut. Um, she learns about the death of someone that she used to be very, very close to back in her like art gallery days. And I kind of don't want to give too much away in the story because it's the beginning. Her life starts to unravel. And then they have this very uncomfortable dinner with their uh, neighbors. Uh, their new neighbors, they've moved from Austria. Um, they're also involved in art. Uh, they're serious collectors, and they have a son, Gabriel, and I think he was in his 20s, who's a sculptor, and he's very dark, and he starts to connect with the daughter and then and the mom in this very dark, I keep saying dark, but just this way you're like, oh, every you're unsettled like the whole time you're reading the novel because hmm. you don't know where it's going to go. Um, so it's not really a thriller, but there's definitely like danger lurking and it's it's emotional and I really loved it and I'm very, very anxious to see the author. Sounds um, great. Looking forward to it. That's good. Yeah. Jen, do you have any more for us? I do. I do. <laughs> I was also going to second Mary's uh, uh, recommendation on the Michelle Obama book. I listened to it too and uh, yeah, I loved it and yeah. just her voice. I know. Yeah. She just it's like, okay, I needed to hear this. You yeah. Know? And the, the honesty yes. there too. Yeah. yeah With, she really, is, she's very honest yes um and and with a purpose behind it you know yeah. it's yeah and for anyone who's on the waiting list uh i'm right there with <laughs> oh, you <laughs> but it's always worth the wait it michelle obama books yeah. Yeah. yeah so while you're waiting for that i have <laughs> some books to recommend um this one uh it is i'm going to recommend it is in uh, entirely different than what you recommended, Mary. It's called uh, Belladonna by Adeline Grace. And I have to say, I have to confess, TikTok made me read this one, or BookTok made me read this one. And I'm really glad I did. I actually, I listened to it, and I have to say, this narrator is divine. She's so good. When I finished listening, I went and searched her up to see what else she had read, because she's oh. she does these accents. She did the men and the women and it was really she's very talented so it's a gothic romance and it stars death and the one girl who cannot die um and uh i'm i i don't want to give any spoilers away but i have to say that this is this first chapter grabbed me probably more than any other book it was so it was just like it was a mic drop first chapter and i was invested from there why is good about that i have to say though i couldn't have put it down if i tried basically so our main character is a 19 year old orphan um 
who has had a string of guardians. Um, she has to have a guardian until she's 20, and then she comes into her family fortune. She's had a string of guardians, and all have met untimely demises. Um, and she's now on to her next guardian. Uh, and I won't give away too much, but I will say that there is poison, there's ghosts, there's betrayal, there's kind of these wild parties, but it's all... Uh, you know, in fancy ball gowns and things like that, um, a surly stable boy. Yep. And, of course, <laughs> there is love in this one, too. Um, and despite me saying something about the main character and death following her, um, she is a very likable main character, too, even mm -hmm. though that sounds <laughs> very dark. So if you liked Sarah Moss's um, Court of Thorns and Roses, this would be a, a great next read for you. And there is a sequel coming out this year to it too. So Jen, I have to interrupt before you get to the next one and say that occasionally people will come up to the desk and we'll have a conversation and they'll say, really, adults are reading YA? They're reading young adult literature? And all I want to say to them is, could you just go read a description of one of the books? Yes. Because every time you bring up one of these books, I'm like, okay, I want to read that one. I want yeah. to read that one. Yeah. And especially what you said about that, like that hook in the yeah. beginning. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, I know what I'm doing for the next, you know, and you just have to read because yeah. they grab you. And with, and with YA, there's no time. You have to grab the, the teenager's attention. Mm -hmm. So there's no, like, uh, you know, a friend of mine in the city who's, a, who's an author said the difference between, I'm sure I've said this before in the podcast, but the difference between adult literature and young adult literature is that the young adult authors are more concise. <laughs> <laughs> so they get to the point and you don't have to read 10 pages of a uh, description of a flower. <laughs> yeah, and I think people are afraid they hear romance and they may think, you know, this young romance and everything. But the, this is really smartly written. And she has like these, this feminist uh, themes coming out throughout this too, or she's, she's discovering things are not necessarily fair and equally applied and things like that too. So there's some seriousness to it too. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm going to change direction with my next recommendation and offer The Weight of Blood by Tiffany Jackson. It's a retelling of a Stephen King's Carrie. Uh, wow. it, but with a social commentary kind of twist to it. Huh. Wow. So it's a best-selling author, Tiffany Jackson. Um, she's really known for doing these uh, these horror book horror stories with thought to them. Um, and she takes us to a town in Georgia where segregated proms still exist. And this is kind of... Uh, not necessarily sanctioned by the schools, but they are. This is still a segregated prom that you know, private kind of prom things that are offered, and this is actually still kind of. It's a reflection of what's still going on, um, and uh, scandal ensues basically in the beginning when a surprise rainstorm happens and it reveals that kind of the class outcast is actually biracial and has been passing herself off as white. Um, she is bullied much like in Carrie, our mm. main character was. Um, and I'm going to drop stop right there. But if you are a fan of horror, if you're a fan of Stephen King, this would be a great one to try and um, think of, read this reimagining. This is like a, a milestone for Stephen King. I was trying to think if anyone else has done like a retelling of, of one of his novels. And it, I think that's, I mean, that's kind of like high praise of, not that Stephen King needs more praise, but you know, it's when someone is is a story is that much 
yeah. um, in the fabric of society. You know the book, and it's a retelling of it. So that's really interesting. It's yeah, very intriguing. Great. Well, I feel like if Carrie came out now, it would be a YA book. It's told from yeah. a teen protagonist mm-hmm. and everything like that. So I think yeah, it's totally. appropriate, and I think I like the the twist, the social commentary she takes on here. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very thoughtful the way she did that. Yeah. Yeah, actually, one of my favorite Stephen Kings has a, a young adult as the protagonist, the girl who loved Tom Gordon. I loved that book, mm. and I forget how old she is, but she's a teenager, and it's one, that's one of my favorites of his. Okay, so before we wrap up, I just like to sort of rapid fire talk about some of the things that are coming out soon. So, Mary, if you want to, I think you have two, and I've got two. So, okay, yeah, I have two. Um, everybody loved. The Glass Castle, Jeanette Walls, uh, and she has had a, some historical novels since then because that came out in 2005. Wow. Um, yeah, how long ago that was. But she has a new one coming out in March, and it's called Hang the Moon. And this is a really uh, rip-roaring ride through rural Virginia um, in the early 20th century, kind of where bro- prohibition and bootlegging collide. And it is our, our main character. Her name is Sally Kincaid. And her father was the big wig, the Duke, of this bootlegging kind of dynasty. Um, there are family feuds. There are gunfights. There's, there's untimely deaths, like one after another. So, I mean, it just kind of, like, roars right through the storyline. And I can absolutely see this as a miniseries on Netflix. Someone mm-hmm. needs to make this into a miniseries. Cool. Um, I was really excited about this because I loved her uh, her debut, Rachel Beanland. Um, she wrote Florence Adler Swims Forever, uh, which is a historical that takes place in Atlantic City in, 19, in um, yeah, 1934. Loved that. This one is The House is on Fire. And it's actually about a real event um, in 1811 in Richmond, Virginia. The day after Christmas, a theater catches fire with like 700 people in it and multiple people die. Um, A lot of people were trapped, you know, depending on where you were sitting. Um, And there's blame about how it happened. She's got four really interesting characters telling the story. Um, It's it's wonderful it's a great historical gun i can totally see book clubs just eating this one up nice um so uh my first one is going to be um the new book from tj clune who was our obot author last year so tj's got a book coming out on april 25th uh, that he actually talked about when he came in march which was called it's called in the lives of puppets um we have some uh advanced reader copies floating around between the librarians so it's on my next reads list the next as soon as i finish the book i'm reading right now um and so we're all very excited about that and then on may 9th there's a new science um spirituality book coming out called notes on complexity a scientific theory of connection conscious and being by neil Thies. i will um be fully transparent and say that neil is a very 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 good friend of mine Um, And he's been writing this book for the last three years or so, and I'm just about finished with it. So I'll probably talk about it more um, next month. It's exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting. So um, he's already got a blurb from Deepak Chopra. So I think. Oh, gee. And and The Edge read the book a week ago. Yeah. So I think he's going to. I don't want to like say too much in advance, but I think it's going to be pretty big. 
Um, so it's fun. Um, so I just want to close with, um, we are in the middle of Obot season again. So Mary, if you could just mention the title and the author of the uh, adult book. And Jen, if you could mention your teen companion books, that would be great. Yes. So this year, we uh, for the adult, we have I Keep Trying to Catch His Eye by Ivan Maisel. And uh, it's a memoir. Um, I've, Ivan lives in town. His family is in Fairfield. So it has, I think, special meaning for the community. Great. And Jen, you're, uh, you have two choices for YA? Yes. For uh, the teen selection, it is Hope Nation. And the middle grade is Hope Wins. Um, both of them are short story collections edited by Rose Brock. And it's um, all like best-selling YA and middle grade authors who've contributed to these books. That's great. All right. Well, thank you, Jen and Mary. And thank you listeners so much for joining us for another episode of Fairfield What Are You Reading podcast brought to you by Fairfield Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut. Check out show notes for book titles and authors mentioned today. And please join us next month when we welcome back our children's librarians for another episode showcasing new kids books. Happy reading. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.